Greetings, everybody from northern Indiana, and welcome back to the Four Cats and Plaid Show. Today, we're going to talk predictions for the SEC. The SEC. The evil empire of college football. Or at least it has been in the past several years. They've been dominating everything left and right. And we all know they're definitely riding high from the acquisition of Texas and Oklahoma. Of the conferences, this one and maybe next week's show, the conference show, the Big Ten, are on the firmest footing and especially in the SEC's case, under the right circumstances, could land two teams in the playoffs. I will say this. I think that no conference should get more than one, and it should be their champion. And if a group of five goes unbeaten, that group of five champion should be treated as fairly as a power five conference champion. We can't talk about the SEC without making mention of the class of the conference. That would be Alabama. I expect nothing but big things here. Nick Saban is a very capable coach, and like the New England Patriots, they are consistent favorites. And I'm not talking necessarily the recent New England Patriots. I'm talking the Patriots under the Tom Brady administration. <laughs> they are the prohibitive favorite not only to win the conference, but likely win the national championship. As a fan, I hope they don't. Hello. host from the Big Ten country, my, I think my conference is better at football. It's just the media loves to praise the SEC. And the conference that needs to challenge them for football supremacy is my Big Ten. Other teams I see challenging Bama, Georgia. Out of the chute, they've got my ACC team, Clemson. If Georgia wins this game but doesn't win the conference, i.e. they lose to Bama in the SEC conference title game, Honestly, they could stake a claim on one of the playoff spots. They could. But like I said earlier, playoff spots should go to the four best conference champions. 
And when I mean best, I mean best record. It, d it shouldn't matter if a team goes 12-0, but yet scheduling rules don't necessarily allow them to face the SEC Big Ten or whatnot. I mean, look, look at Cincinnati. Cincinnati and Indiana had two of the greatest runs from among non-champions last year. And that's just kind of how it is. LSU. this up because that's what we do around here I think LSU could be a very relevant team I'll have to double check see where they're ranked currently We kind of go with the coaches poll because coaches, I believe, are better at analyzing this stuff rather than sports writers and other media people. Yeah, that's kind of interesting here. LSU is ranked 13th. If the if certain things went just right, LSU could leapfrog in, into contention. I'm also looking here at Florida, who's ranked just ahead of them at 11. I don't know how relevant they're going to be. But if they're in the ranks, there's a good reason that they're here in the rankings. <laughs> Texas A&M. I'm looking here at the coaches' poll. They're sixth. They're right behind Georgia, and in particular... Ohio State, who's the class of the Big Ten. More on them next week. Honestly, if of anybody who I think would have the best chance at upsetting the apple cart here among the SEC teams, it's likely Texas A&M. Hmm. Alrighty. 
Let's go to the Texas A&M schedule. Yeah, they don't they don't start till September 4th, which is next weekend. And what do you know? They got a cupcake game against Little Kent State. The games to watch here with Texas A&M is October 9th against Alabama. That's going to say a lot. If A&M can upset Alabama roughly halfway through the season, it could mean the SEC could be in a chaotic dogfight. And trust me, Other potentially relevant games are Texas A&M versus Mississippi, a.k.a. them Ole Miss Rebels. The team that beat Indiana in their bowl game last year. And, and for good reason, they're 25th. Which I kind of see a little surprising. But arguably Indiana was the second best Big Ten team last year. <laughs> see who else could be. Honestly, outside of that, let's go back here to the coach's poll. Outside of that, I'm not certain who's going to be relevant this year. Could we all get surprised by Arkansas or Missouri or Kentucky? Maybe. But one thing's for certain is, barring some crazy fluke, it won't be Vanderbilt. <laughs> Thank y'all again. Pippi here. <laughs> Thanks y'all for listening. And home is where the Shire is, and be excellent to each other. As we all know, we also have more recent developments in the conference realignment potential talks of conference expansions, contractions, 
and the Big Ten ACC Pac-12 Alliance. Shortly after the show the previous week, we heard rumors that the three conferences previously listed were going to join forces in a scheduling alliance with the agenda to hopefully protect the sanctity of the game and to be a check on the bullying power of the SEC. Several news sources have also reported in the last few days that the Pac-12 does not currently plan on expanding. From 12 to whatever higher number than 12. Not only that, I was just, I just got sources from a YouTuber named John Kurtz who's trying to be a voice to the Big 12 and the Big 12 fans nationally that they're heavily looking at bringing BYU at minimum as a football member. And quite frankly, I think this would be a great addition to the Big 12. They bring in a reasonable revenue stream. They're within that footprint of the country. But what baffles me is why are they treated like a group of five team when historically they're a power five tier team? Is it because is it because they're not your typical quite frankly, leftist-leaning university? I think that's the case. And I am concerned in this whole future realignment that other schools that don't necessarily... conform to certain ideologies are going to be treated fairly. I mean, take for instance, Baylor. Recently, as a program, they've been solid. And I'm not talking just football here. Yes, I know football runs the vast majority of the economics of these universities. But Baylor's a great basketball program. They beat Gonzaga. 
to win a national title. And Gonzaga is the basketball version of UCF or Boise State. Because they just, they're in that, they're that mid-major who just keeps plucking along ever so often beating up on the big boys. And Gonzaga's been doing it for at least 20 years now. But simple as that. Shouldn't Power 5 status go to programs who've actually proven themselves consistently? Why should Vanderbilt or Maryland or Rutgers among others why should they get to be in the top tier conferences when they're not performing on the football field or basketball court and though I'm not part of the LDS I have a lot of respect for how they view things. On their beliefs about the family. Like I said, I am heavily concerned that Christian schools and schools that don't cater to leftist ideologies are going to get denied a place at the table. I mean, look at how the media treated ORU in their run last year. Or, I mean, earlier this year. Just think about that. It goes back to the one of the main messages of this show is you can't go around canceling everything just because they don't necessarily line up 100% with what you want. And that's, that's one thing as a country and as, especially as Americans we need to get back to having respectful conversations and not casting each other aside whether you're left, right, or center. We all need each other. And that's just how it is. Thank you and God bless. Hope to see you next week.
as I wax long on the Big Ten.